Hey, Sean. Yes, David. Do you ever celebrate like a half birthday? No. Yeah, me neither. I'm not. (laughs) But today's episode is a very special one. Close to my heart and hopefully close to our listeners' hearts. Your birthday was two months ago. Yeah, that's true. Three months Uh, ago. This is our... Yeah, but with with how this year has been going, it feels like it was never happened. Uh, This is... Our 50th episode, the big Hawaii 5-0. We're like halfway to 100. We are, as of our next episode, we'll be further away from where we started than where we're going. But if that makes sense. I mean, we've worked really hard to get here, especially with the the rebranding and everybody who helped us get to here. So uh, thank you, everyone. And uh, I hope you enjoy our show. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Do you remember when we got that intro? Seems like I, it was so long ago. I feel like it was like twenty episodes. Ago. I know, right? But Our production um, quality like just increased ten times with that thing. Yeah. So, uh, how the hell are you? I know uh, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up in the next. I'm I, like, I'm already losing sleep. Man, it is like the weeks leading up to Christmas, but in November. It's Gamers Christmas. Uh, yeah, and it happens once every. Seven to ten years. The only thing, and I know we're going to get into this topic in a little bit. The only thing that has me less excited is the launch titles are a little underwhelming, and I'm most excited about the new Call of Duty because that's what I play with my friends. You and know that what, doesn't count. You know what has me the least excited is the fact that you can't go into a store and just buy one. That's because there are none. <laughs> I know, right? This it's such a weird. I don't know. It's it's such a weird re- launch for consoles. Hey, if you want to buy one for nine hundred dollars on Kijiji, you're more than welcome to. Well, well, one went up on in stock on uh, Amazon from a third party seller for uh, twenty seven hundred dollars for an Xbox Sup- Series X. Supply and demand. Yeah, it's just you remember pretty much any other console that uh we've ever that you ever had Mm -hmm. you know especially ones that we've got on launch you could really just go to a store get in line and then walk out with one uh or in the case of like say like the wii when that launched you know that did sell out like a lot of places but Mm -hmm. stores had you know 50 60 consoles like a, a ton and now we're in uh, launch of the newest generation like next week the next next gen you know it's it's crazy it's it's you know a month ago it seems so far away and now it's we're closer to where we are going from where we came from i don't even know what i'm trying to say but anyways it's it's just so surreal knowing that i won't be able to go into Best Buy or Walmart 
um, and pick up a PS5 at launch. Now, yeah, Best Buy did say that they could, that they will have a select or a small number of stock available at launch f- for people who didn't pre-order, but only online. So you still can't go into the store and buy it. Uh, it's just kind of crazy to think that this is what this console launch is like. You know, we're lucky that we got our Xbox Series X's pre-ordered. Um, I has yours updated because uh, you're getting yours through Best Buy, right? Yeah, ours yeah. won't update till we called them and asked. There won't be any movement on it till like Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, so I know that uh, the source in Canada uh, for our friends down in the United States. That was uh, a store that used to be called Radio Shack. It was then bought by Circuit City, and it was called The Source by Circuit City, and then it just went to The Source, and they sell overpriced um, everything, electronics, and you go in there and you're hounded by customer service. That's because they're owned by Bell. Yeah, um, and they live off commission for literally everything. But anyway, so apparently I've seen some photos online, people who have pre-ordered through their Xboxes, at least the Series S uh, through the stores have already had theirs shipped to them. And they're just bricked? Kind of crazy. No, no, no. Like they're, they, they have them. I, don't, I haven't seen any... Um, Talk, like any conversations on whether or not they work or not, right? Like I, I highly doubt that Microsoft would have some sort of like software lock on them, right? That's a that's a colossal Walmart style fuck up. And I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them to actually lock it. Um I know, man, you're just diving into all my topics. But there's been a lot of displeasure from Sony. Um because again, they didn't lock off their software. People got their hands on PS5s after review kits were sent out. And the one thing that the well, wow, um, the what is it called? An NDA. Um, the NDAs said was no gameplay could be part of your presentations, and they were trying to avoid screenshots of the user interface, specifically of the storage capacities and all the little inner workings of the settings modules. And I feel like it's hourly if you're checking websites like N4G, which is a curated um, news website. There's just tons of like um, screenshot leaks, video leaks. A lot of it's the Miles Morales load time. Um, And people are pissed because, well, Sony is trying to do damage control on it right now because they're like, well, yeah, it's a, Certainly great that it's fast, but you only get 660 gigs of hard drive space. Like, what is this, the Xbox 360? <laughs> Elite? So, I mean, that that's just one thing that's been really fascinating about this week. So I'm not sure, kind of like, maybe people are doing that whole, like, I'm talking shit thing. But I know with, I have very intimate knowledge of how their their parent company operates when it comes to shipping. And they, they're strict. Like I know with Apple launches, as an example, if the the phone comes out on the 12th, it's shipped to you on the 10th and it is bricked until the 11th at midnight. Right. So like, I'm wondering if there's like a software uh, provision on the system where it won't connect to the internet. Maybe there's a lot of, you know, people have the Xbox series consoles 
in their hands, right? Like the the final hardware. And these are non-reviewers. Yeah. No, I I don't know, man. Like it's it's kind of weird that I've these have been spot in the wild, but like to kind of touch on um the Sony UI thing and all the, those leaks. What's the big deal though? Right? Like I, that that why are is you Sony, asking me what the big deal is or are you like just asking the generic question? Like kind of kind of both. Like it's a kind of like a rhetorical question, but also why is Sony getting their panties all bunched up because people are releasing images and stuff like that based off of like from the user interface and how the system works. Right. You know, I remember back when the PS4 launched, there was no real, well, back with the PS4 and Xbox one, there was no real um, information on what the user interfaces look like. And I remember the PS4 user interface was just very bland and lackluster. And it still kind of is like I it's functional for what it is, um, but it's it was just meh, and it was missing a lot of features and stuff like that. And I think Sony, are they just upset that um, people are showing what their user interface is like because they don't want them to find out that, you know, things aren't ready for launch mm-hmm. uh, because there was a lot of stuff that was not ready for launch um, in the PlayStation four system software. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just kind of weird. Cause like Microsoft is like, meh, whatever. It's the same user interface as the Xbox one. <laughs> just, it'll just run faster, which at the same time, I'm kind of bummed about. Cause you know, like there's that whole excitement when you get like a new console Right, and you turn it and on, you're and you're like, see, you like, don't want other people to have it first. <laughs> well, and you get to see like uh, the the new experience of using your console for the first time, exploring the system, and then now with the Xbox Series, it's the same thing as the Xbox One. So, really, it's like when we when we get it hooked up and set up, and we pop a game in, we're not really going to see much of a difference. Other than, you know, games are going to load faster and look better. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, uh, like, I'm just reading a Reddit post from that. Like, I found what you were talking about. And this says Best Buy has been sending out emails making sure your credit and debit cards are, um, like, good to go. And it says, I spoke with a rep yesterday. They're charging on the 5th, but not actually shipping the consoles until the 10th. Now, I received different information from... Best Buy, because I was curious. Um, Best Buy, for all intents and purposes, have the consoles that they need to ship to certain areas. And they're using a logistics company. They're not using Best Like, they're doing what they do for, like, video game launches and shit, where they have, like, vans that just deploy across cities. Um, But they're anticipating 90% of their their pre-orders locally delivered by midday the 10th and that's what i'm hoping my situation is um i'd be really upsetting (laughs) if it wasn't that's for sure i know because i gotta get up early to get to your place well the mail's not gonna come to at least 10 but um yeah like to, to answer your your hypothetical question when it comes to what the big deal is i think it's why people sign ndas in the first place right um when you look at like when 
I used to review games. Like I know you dabbled in it a little bit, but when I was reviewing like pretty heavily through Microsoft, the yeah, I did a bunch it, through Microsoft too, right? Gears yeah. Five, no gears four. That was a big one. That was like yeah. a huge one. Um, so I'm, I'm talking like, anyways, like just prior to when you like joined everything and right. you started doing everything with us, like I had, um, like a Microsoft, I guess, media kit. And the thing that came with any game that you received, because you'd get the digital code, but like they had some pretty, I would say hefty threats being like, you know what, if you abuse this NDA, we'll disable the code. We might disable your Xbox, all this stuff. Right. And I know it's kind of like a strong arm technique to not do it, but it's enough to keep people honest. Mm-hmm. And as long as you publish by the times that you were supposed to, Microsoft will be happy. And like, I mean, it was not just me writing for three gem at the time when I was writing these articles, I was also sending them off to a Microsoft blog and they were both using them. So maybe yeah, like it was a different scenario. I don't know. It was also a cool time when Microsoft gave you gifts when you did stuff. Yeah. I just uh, think that, you know, with the as little information as we've been getting from Sony on the PS5, you know, the fact that they are getting so upset and there's all these problems with people just exploring the the system. You know, they've given out these consoles to people, right? to review and to use as, you know, tech demos and stuff like that. And they're doing what they're, what they do, right? Like they're exploring the system, see how they work and kind of benchmark them and share that information. Right. Because that's how these people get paid. Right. And Sony is getting all pissy about that. Well, it, it just is kind of stupid. I get it. Like, I understand like fundamentally it comes down to if you sign an NDA, you know, that's a legal agreement that you're not going to say shit about the shit that you're not supposed to talk about. But the system comes out next week and we still don't really know much about it. You know, there was a short five minute video of uh, that Sony released themselves talking about some of the features of the system but that was mm-hmm. about it, right? It didn't dive into like really anything that we wanted to see. You know, they kind of just showed off some of the flashy new features that I really don't like. The one is, uh, you know, if you need help with achievements and stuff like that or trophies, right? Like you can watch like curated videos and and guides from the developers. Well, how many developers are going to spend the time to actually do that? It's right? true. Like, you know, we might see a few first-party games or or, or second-party games come out, um, and Sony has essentially made them do it, right? To to use that feature to kind of show it off. Um, but you know, Ubisoft isn't going to do that. Why would they spend the time and money to curate some sort of trophy hunting guide just for the PS5? They don't have to, right? Exactly. And, and I think it's going to be a feature that just falls apart. And, but the thing is, is like in the video that Sony made to show off the UI, that's what they've like. They've spent a good few minutes out of the sh- very short video talking about that feature, which is like, meh. Okay. I don't know. It's just, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see 
how things go in next week once the systems launch because um, we know everything about the Xbox essentially you know we've we we there's been a lot of companies out there that have done pretty much in-depth reviews mm-hmm. hardware and how games run and digital foundry is one of them that does like a lot of like te- very technical uh, analysts a- a- anal <laughs> technical analysis there we go of uh, systems and games and stuff like that and we know how the Xbox series X runs in comparison to the Xbox one, but we don't really know how the PS five runs in comparison to the PS four. Right. Like I feel like Sony is. Sony has a very, I don't know who's having a more nerve wracking time right now. Sony next week or all of the United States of America right now, (laughs) as we're recording this, this podcast. Um, Yeah. It's like a two day election, huh? Yeah. This thing's not going to be done until I, I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but we typically have this out Friday mornings and they still might not have a president declared Um, for those keeping score at home, because it's probably the most topical thing, no matter which country you're in more to the point, the U S election ratings yesterday were higher in Canada than most things throughout the entire pandemic. Um, But for those keeping score at home, Trump has now filed lawsuits against three states he's lost in. <laughs> yeah. A uh, funny uh, uh, f- new funny thing. Um, yeah. I didn't even know that the U.S. election was going on until about like 8, 30, 9 o'clock last night. And the only reason why I knew that it was happening <laughs> was because – and I sh- – I sent you the link because I was just practicing. Uh, this is like a hard sentence to get out of. I was testing some uh, video capture devices that I have uh, for mm-hmm. streaming on Twitch, and the front page of Twitch had like their kind of their election coverage thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's happening today! <laughs> Crazy!" That's when I messaged you. It's like, so I didn't know that the uh, election was going on. <laughs> I didn't even believe that you didn't know. That no, was I. I legit had no idea that it was going on. So I watched the news a little bit to see, because, you know, generally in the past, the elections have ended around, you know, in in the early morning or early hours of the morning. But generally by the, the very late evening, there's a a clear victor. Well, the thing that, like, legitimately blows my mind in this situation is the way Trump's losing, he won that way last time. So he's like, oh, it's okay when I won this way, but when mm-hmm. other people win this way, it's not cool. But we're not here for politics. <laughs> you know what we are here for? David's Dicey Reviews? Yeah, I love David's Dicey <laughs> Reviews. They're dicey. We need, we need a jingle for that. David's yeah. Dicey Reviews! Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Well, I will tell you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Mansions of Madness. Yeah, it was it was okay. You had a little too much vibrato there. I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, (laughs) I only know one speed full set. So Mansions of Madness is a game by Fantasy Flight Games, and it takes place in the HP Lovecraft 
mythos, you know? So that whole Cthulhu kind of monsters, demons, cultists, outer worldly stuff. Yes. Um, so recently around the world, it was Halloween. And uh, I did nothing on Halloween. But I was like, you know what? If I do one thing, I'm going to play a scary game. Naturally. And so I decided to play Mansions of Madness. Now, the cool thing about this game, um, while some people might like it, some people might not. But it requires a tablet or a computer or a phone i don't see why you would play this on a phone but generally a tablet is is used um, to download the mansions of madness companion app now why would you use a tablet to play a board game some people might be asking and yelling at their podcast player on the bus driving why would you do that, David? Well, I'm going to tell you. So if you've ever played a game where you have to essentially tell the story yourself, you know that you know there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of uh, – it, it kind of makes randomness difficult in scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. So generally in a game when they – in a board game when they want to add some randomness to it, they will have cards, a deck of cards that you draw from, which um, might have different, you know, scenarios, story prompts, stuff like that. Or you would roll die, and based off of the number that you roll, you would choose a different option or whatever. Now, the cool thing about the app and Mansions of Madness is that it controls the game for you. You're still playing. You still have complete control over your character, but there's a lot of things that kind of go on in the background that is happening as you play. And it, um, you as a player have no idea what that is. So Mm -hmm. for example, so, okay, let me, let me go into the basis of how the game works. You start off with, um, it, you're in a mansion. Surprise, surprise, right? Kind of like betrayal legacy. Um, you're in a mansion and you explore the mansion um, your characters can do various different actions. You can move, you can interact with objects and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, but depending on how you, what you want to do. So it's, it starts off with, um, for example, you start off in the lobby of a house and each door is, is an option to explore. So when you decide to go to that specific door, then you tell the app that you're exploring that area and it will tell you which tiles to pull out and where to put things. And it kind of gives you an explanation of what's going on in that room. Um, same as if there was, say, a table in the middle of a room with a explore token on it. And you're like, okay, I want to explore this table. Well, then you tell the app, I'm exploring this table. And then it gives you a scenario based off it. So, uh, for example, there could be a table with a locked drawer. And so now you have the option to try and force the drawer open. So then in that case, it gives you a a skill check to do. So then you have to roll dice and then it's a pass or fail kind of thing. So it'll give you a difficulty. Say you have to roll two successes minimum to to do it. 
So it's kind of cool because you can do all of these things and it gives you the story as you go. So you open that drawer and you find a notebook with scribbled pages and the writing is actually very good in the, in the app. Um, so it explore, you explore the mansion this way and then the app also controls all any and all monsters in the game. And that's one thing that is can be kind of difficult in tabletop games is developing a way or an AI, as it's called, uh, much like in video games, right? Like they have to develop a way for the computer to interact with the, the player. In board games, there has to be a way for the player to control, like a set of rules for the player to control monsters and enemies, right? Well, in Mansions of Madness, the player does not have to worry at all about controlling the monsters, because the app does it all for you. Yes. And now it, it does have the basic set of um, rules for which monsters move by. So like it'll move to the uh, closest investigator that it can see. Um, or if you are trying to move out of a space with a monster in it, you have to try and invade it and stuff like that. But everything requires some sort of skill check, which... Um, Essentially, is just you're rolling a set number of dice, and you have to get a certain number of successes to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's a really cool thing. So you can keep fighting these monsters, but each time, depending on what weapons you use, because you c- collect items along the way, um, you can have different types of weapons, ranged, w- ranged, ranged weapons, heavy weapons, slashing weapons, whatever. Or you can even fight unarmed. Um, and depending on which weapon you use the game will prompt you uh, a different skill check to do. But not only does it do that, it gives you kind of like a story, like a description of what you're doing, which is really cool. And it makes it super atmospheric. Um, So you essentially are just exploring this mansion and there's different scenarios in the base game. It comes with four scenarios. um, And then there's a bunch of expansions that have different scenarios as well. Um, but essentially you're exploring the mansion and you're playing through the game and the tablet or the computer, the app is essentially the dungeon master or the game master, right? Mm-hmm. It controls the games, how the, it controls how you interact with the game, but you have full control of what you want to do. Right. Um, and you know, like there's a, a dozen different investigators. They all have d- different stats, strengths, weaknesses. Um, they have different bonuses for each, for each character. Um, but the coolest thing about the game is now I've played the, the first scenario twice and both times the scenarios played out differently. Um, and that all depends on how quickly you explore the mansion and how you play the game. So certain things, essentially there's a timer going on in the background. And if you take too long to get to a certain point, the game will kind of progress a little further. And um, and it's like an event that was going on would have completed. You're not going to see that, but you're going to see the aftermath of that event. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether or not it's like, oh, you had to stop a cultist from opening up a portal or something like that. If you don't get to them in, in time, well, they're going to succeed in opening that portal, and then you have to deal with the aftermath of that, right? Um, so we played. I've played the the first scenario, uh, like I said, twice now, once with uh, three other people, and then the second time with just uh, Angela, and we were exploring things 
a lot slower. So the game progressed differently than how I was, how I experienced it when I played with three other people, right? Because there's more people to explore faster and all that stuff. Um, and it was really cool because I know some people, uh, one complaint about the game is that in the base game, there's only four scenarios. Um, and yes, that doesn't seem like much, but given that you can play the same scenario multiple times and depending on how you play, how many people you play with, it can play out completely differently. I, there is a little bit more replayability than just, Oh, you can play the game four times. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it came close. We, we did win, but it was very close. I was rolling terribly like the entire game. Um, my guy ended up having his legs broken. I was insane. Um, and all it was just awful, um, but it was like we we hooked up the tablet to my soundbar, my home theater system, um, because it plays like music in the background and it has like sound effects and stuff like that. So it sounded a little better coming through those nice speakers rather than the tablet speakers. Um, but uh, no, it, it's a lot of fun. It's really easy to learn. Like the rule book, it, it's like twelve pages, but there there's a lot of kind of examples and stuff on it um the game is really good to it just kind of teaches you as you go with the app which is really nice because the learning curve isn't high like like some games you know where it's like you have to read a novel and if you hope to explain it to someone you have to know the game like the back of your hand right um i skimmed through the rule book um over the course of like less than 10 minutes just to kind of refresh my memory. And then we dived in and then we figured it out. You know, there's a few times I had to reference the actual um, more detailed rules. Um, But for the most part, it's a super easy game to pick up and play. If you like the HP Lovecraft stuff, it's um, very atmospheric fantasy flight games makes um, some of the best. I I think some of the best uh, board games out there. Um, and yeah, it was just, um, it's a great game. That's what we played on Halloween. <laughs> that is a David's Dicey review out of, uh, do we rank your reviews out of five or 10? I don't know. Is, We're gonna, is this a I go out and play it? Or this what, is going to be a, uh, how many tentacles out of the octopus, out of the Cthulhu tentacles? I'm going to give this one, I would say a seven out oh, of that's 10. Such a group. Seven out of 10 tentacles. If we ever get you a logo for a teacher, David's Dicey Reviews is going to be your head on an octopus holding a dice. <laughs> and now, so the only reason why I'm giving this a seven is because um, it is tied to the app and there is only four scenarios in the base game. And now I did say just recently, people might be shouting at their driver's steering wheel as they're listening to this podcast driving to work. But David, you just said that this game is great, even though it has only four scenarios. The only reason why that is because eventually you're going to play through that. And you're going to see all the different options that, or the different ways that each scenario can play out. Um, and also if you don't have a tablet or a computer, you know, you can play this with the phone, but it's a very much of a group experience. So trying to have like a tiny phone with that, um, the nice thing is that the app doesn't require any online connectivity. So you can download it to your tablet your, your, and take it with you to the, the cottage that doesn't have any internet and play it there. Do you, wow. do you know what I've uh, been Very secretly cool. thinking? 
or not secretly, I guess, but like I've been pondering if I could build it. I have an old LCD TV that I want to turn into a board games TV where I would build it into a, a, a table and use it lo- exactly like what you're saying. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But I essentially would just build a frame and have it laying down and put plexiglass over top. Yeah. Um, for anyone who is interested in picking this game up, um, there is a third party app that, uh, the community has made, I think it's called Valkyrie or something like that. I'd have to look it up. I'll, um, but essentially it replaces the um, official app and people can make their own scenarios. So it actually, and some of these scenarios are actually very well thought out and they play very well. Um, so just with that, with the base game, um, the last time I checked, there was probably about 25, 30 different scenarios that were made from the community. And um, they all look very, and, and you can rate them and all that stuff, but they were all looked very well put together. So there's always that option if you run out of um, f- uh, fuel, energy to play the uh, four main scenarios. But there it is, seven out of 10 tentacles. I like it. I like it too. <laughs> All right. So David, I want you to close your eyes or keep them open. It really doesn't matter. I'll, I want to I'll take close you- one eye and keep the other one open. I want to take you on a journey. Are you ready? Take a deep uh, breath. The year is 2014. A much younger Sean and David are at two very different console launches. I went to both the Xbox One one and the PS4 one. And I was with my friend when he bought the PS4 one. And I was with my friend when we both bought Xboxes. Or I bought the Xbox. And I gotta say, I I know we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but this gets into our uh, second half of the show. The feeling is very different. I don't, I'm feeling more nostalgic than I am excited about this because I'm waiting for a console in the mail. There's not that same kind of hype up of like, I, re- I remember when I went to the PS4 launch, I went with a few guys and we were like, we had our DSs and we were Pokemon battling people because why not, right? Like we're in the mall. We had a, we ordered a pizza from the Pizza Pizza. Because uh, it was right around the corner from the EB, and we ate the pizza and we played Pokemon for hours. I think we got there at like six o'clock in the afternoon. The mall closed at nine. The midnight launch happened. Fuck, it was amazing. What an experience! And then the Xbox One was very similar. I was actually at the front of that line for for two reasons. One, um, I was friends with the guy, <laughs> and two, uh, the edge the edge card got me into uh, line one of three. So there was pre-order edge, pre-order, and then people who didn't have orders. But I had, to my knowledge, one of the first Xbox Ones in Guelph. I remember feeling all cool with all like my day one stuff. I don't have that feeling. Like I know you and I plan on going to probably an EB or a Best Buy because I don't think Microplay is going to have kind of what we're looking for. 
just to see what kind of Series X stuff is on display. Maybe we'll buy some. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But we know launch day there's going to be stuff available, we think. Mm-hmm. We hope. Well, But we just don't know what. Like, we can walk across the Walmart, Best Buy, fucking EB, and just try and figure it out. But I remember both of those launches so well. Like I remember, I was with uh, our our dear friend Mr. Cote, and we enjoyed the experience. And then we like unboxed the the consoles, took lots of pictures, put them on our Instagrams and stuff at the time. And then we fired up the PlayStation, and the PlayStation that night I remember playing Killzone. When we fired up the Xbox, I'm fairly certain we played. Killer Instinct and possibly Forza, but th- those are those are my memories of the launch. Do you want to go over yours before we talk about kind of the differences between the two launches? Uh, yeah. So I remember watching E3 when they were announced, and how Microsoft had really royally fucked up that E3. Right. Remember how the console was always had to be connected online. Uh, you weren't going to be you. You wouldn't be able to tr- lend games to people, right? Because once you put it in your system, it was like digitally signed to your console. All this stuff. Um, so I ended up actually pre-ordering a PS4 um, from EB Games, and then um, I decided to cancel said pre-order from EV games and I did not get a Xbox one or a PS4 at launch. What did you get? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't actually get either of the systems like <laughs> on launch day. That was my, my choice. I got the PS4 first i did eventually get a ps4 and it was it was like maybe two three weeks after it launched um but yeah i didn't get my day one ps4 uh i don't know i don't remember why it was like i think it was at the time i didn't have the money for it or whatever or i i I had to pay for something else but then i didn't have to eventually i don't know but i did get a ps4 at launch um and the first game i actually played was uh Bound by Flame, and ah oh shit, there's I forget what it's called now. Uh, it was like a kind of like a knockoff of like the Dead Souls, okay, Demon Souls game. Um, it was it was not bad, uh, but yeah, like those were the the two games that I played first. And uh, yeah, it's I had some good fun with that. It wasn't actually until I think Boxing Day that year that I bought the Xbox One because I got a refurb unit, like an official Microsoft refurb unit for I think it was like three forty nine, and it came with the Kinect uh, and the Xbox One. And I don't know why I waited. I don't know why I waited so long because the Xbox was probably my most used system. Yeah. Like I've always been, uh, it's so funny. If I go back in time and look at like when I kind of moved on from the family console, I 
got a PS1 off a friend, and then I bought a PS2, and I was so excited when I bought the PS2. I never had the original Xbox, and then I think it was after I met all you guys. It would have been yeah, probably first year. Nope, second year. Second year. I bought an Xbox 360. Yeah. And that was because everybody was playing Call of Duty and stuff, and I wanted to kind of join in and become, like, do that thing with everybody. So I bought a 360, and it did okay. And then it red-ringed, so I bought an Elite within, like, five months. It was uh, it was one of those things where it just happened really quickly. Maybe it was a little bit longer than that. I don't remember. But and then I kind of went back and forth. I bought the PS3 used and it was like the thin one and then i ended up buying two ps4s technically i bought one and then uh i sold it because i was like i'm not playing this this is stupid and then i was gifted one but the rest is history like i've always been more kind of pro xbox and it might just be a comfort thing it might be because my like my the player base and friend base is still there i'm not sure yeah, I, I ended up selling my uh, PS4, and then I bought it one again like a year later. You're crazy. Yeah, but I still have it. I Well, actually, I ended up trading that in and got the PS4 Pro because EB Games had a promo, like trading your Slim or uh, OG PS4, and you got the Pro for like 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, why not, right? Uh, but yeah, like... Uh, the, the launch titles, it's just kind of, if we, if we, let's, if we, if we, <laughs> this the is, comparatives are hilarious. Yeah, when you look like, at the top that's five what I games. wanted to say. Let's compare the, uh, some of the, the launch titles. And I think out of both systems, Microsoft actually had a better uh, launch lineup. That like you know like first party launch lineups, right? If, but if you look though, it's like oh, like looking back, I mean the launch titles this run aren't that great either, which we'll go over the November stuff in a few minutes. But like for Xbox, uh, you had Dead Rising Three, which is a phenomenal game. Um, Forza, Forza Motorsport Five, uh, Loco Cycle, which I still have never played. Uh, Killer Instinct, which came free if you had Xbox, if you bought the um, the day one Xbox Live. If not, you got the demo version. And Rise Son of Rome, Wait. which was the most demo. I think it's one of the last games I remember ever being a demo game inside an EB. But yeah, but Rise Son of Rome was actually pretty legit. It was Batman in Rome. Well, it was more of a, you know, you're playing through a uh, a constant quick time event, but the graphics, like that that game was literally made just to show off the power of the PS or the Xbox One. Yeah, the the um the tech demo. It's funny because for the first party games, I picked up and I still have both copies and I'll never get like I've I had the controller and I sold it at a huge loss when the market died for it. But Dead Rising 3 and Forza were the two games that I got with the console. 
And if I remember correctly, my day one came with one and then I purchased the other. That was a bundle that I got from EB. Uh Because I got the, I bought the console with the extra controller and the game. And it was one of three day one titles that you can get. It was either Rise, Forza, or Dead Rising had the uh, the day one stickers on them. Right. Yeah. Prince. And then Sony was like, we're in. Their day one exclusives were Warframe, Knack. Well, it's like an online. Okay, hold on. Warframe was an online multiplayer game that was like free to play. Yep. Knack. Killzone Shadow Fall. And I remember when we wrote the review, when we were three gem, it was called uh, Killzone Shadow Fail. This game failed to meet its mark. Yeah. Drive Club, which was in no comparison to Forza or Gran Turismo. Hell, it doesn't even hold like it. I don't think it's as good as even like Need for Speed or Dirt. And the funniest one of them all. And I thought like you're right with Warframe, but DC Universe Online, which was already available on the computer or on PC for time before that. So, so two the, of those games. But the funny thing is, is that remember when uh, Sony had announced Drive Club saying that it was going to be a free game for PlayStation Plus users, mm-hmm. you know, the full game for free, all this stuff. And it was like a big deal. Like the Drive Club did look great. Um, and it was Sony kept building it up saying like PlayStation plus users are going to get this game for free. It kept being delayed, delayed and delayed and delayed. And then the PlayStation plus edition was a severely slimmed down version. It was a joke. Uh, Like you could still play the game, but there was so much content that they cut out just for the PlayStation plus version yeah. like it was it, it was stupid and then uh i think the biggest thing though for um the launch of the xbox one and the ps4 were some of those cross-platform games but because the the consoles like the generation leap was significant right um and a lot of them were coming from like well it was completely different architectures right mm-hmm. uh, backwards compatibility wasn't really a thing then, right? Because it just wasn't feasible at the time. Yeah. It was staggeringly different. Like the biggest comparison I always tell people is like, look at the last grand theft auto to come out on that generation. And then grand theft auto. So I guess if we look at grand theft auto four versus grand theft auto five and like, that's all you need to see for how polygons changed. Well, if you, if you look at those, like some of the cross platform games, and uh, like Assassin's Creed Four, there's uh, there's Battle two Creed games on this 4, list that held up. Call of Duty Ghosts, um, and I believe Watch Dogs was one as well that um, um, had that. But the what I remember, micro or what Sony was doing specifically for some of these games, I remember you could uh, doing it for uh, Call of Duty Ghosts and Battlefield Four, I believe it was. Um, they for a while had an option for you to buy essentially a P 
PS4 upgrade option for, I, I know Call of Duty Ghost was definitely one of them. Um, a PS4 upgrade option. It was, I think, a $10 fee that you bought through your P- PS3. And essentially what this did is that it gave you a digital license for the game that requires the PS3 disc. So I have this license attached to my my system. I could download the digital copy of Call of Duty Ghosts on my PS4, but in order to play it, I have to put that PS3 disc of Call of Duty Ghosts in my PS4 to play it. Yeah. Right. So it's no different than, you know, how, um, you know, you buy a game now and you put it in, it's got to install it. But the, the only difference is that um, it has to download the entire game because it's not you. All it is is using the disc as a key. Um, but that's what uh, Sony was doing. That's their way of that was their way of enticing people to upgrade to the PS4. Right. Um, especially when both systems were still being sold at the same time right for quite some time uh whereas we know that microsoft has canceled or finished production of the xbox one x and i think the one s they stopped production of that a while ago um but now like the big difference between that generation and this generation is well we'll take microsoft for example they have pretty much designed their system to play all of the Xbox one games. Yep. Right. So there is none of this, you know, upgrade costs to, you know, give us an extra five bucks and we'll, you can upgrade to the next gen version. No, like your game will work. Um, and I think that's the one huge difference this generation and I've, I know I've said it many times before in previous episodes, the cost of entry to get these new systems is only the cost of the hardware. Because if you want to play your games um, on the new hardware, take advantage of the increased power of either system, really, because the PS5 has been confirmed to support um, a thousand PS4 games at launch. Yeah, um, but the cost of entry to play your library that you have is zero because it should work flawlessly right out of the box, right? Um, so at least they're doing it like it's it's like remember back when like Blu-rays were coming out and people were like oh well why do I want a Blu-ray player? I have all my DVD collection. I have to rebuy all these movies on Blu-ray now. Well, there's none of that with this uh, this generation console launch right because microsoft has been smart from the get-go about making um their system accessible to everyone regardless of whether or not you're going to buy the new games or get game pass or just play your old games right Mm -hmm. Uh, just looking at those uh, cross-platform games, too, the one thing that I kind of noticed in a staggering fashion, like these ones were all released, I would say, within that 15-day window of launch. Because um, I know like Watch Dogs, if you remember the 2013 and 2014 E3, is like that was a tech demo that everybody was like, oh, 
my fucking God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He's controlling another car from his car. And Battlefield, as an example, looked beautiful. I think EA Dice and they're using the Frostbite engine really made that game hold up. And it still actually holds up today. But out of all of those games, the one that I feel held up the most, because it's the most simplistic and it still looks great, is Lego Marvel Super Heroes. Now, let me tell you why. Call of Duty Ghosts is widely regarded as one of the most... I wouldn't say underappreciated. It is considered the worst Call of Duty by a lot of people, by a country mile. It was a bad game. Nobody liked it. The fact that you could like float through space was stupid as shit. And it introduced those stupid um, jetpacks. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Assassin's Creed games, to me, are just like your, your other perennial games. Your Far Cries. It's a franchise. It looks good. It's looked good. Like, it holds up. To the end of the generation, but if you look at like Odyssey, there's a huge difference in quality of gameplay because they just kept working on like crafting it and making it better. Um, EA, I wouldn't say has gone leaps and bounds when it comes to like their like NBA Live specifically is just it honestly looks like an absolute disaster 2014 style. Uh Um, Madden even is still a chunky game. To this day, like the movement still doesn't seem overly natural. And just dance is just like I've 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 actually never experienced or tried to play just dance without connect. I know with our switch, you just have to hold the Joy-Con, but how do you play without connect? If you don't have connect, how do you play? Like on on the Xbox? Yeah, like do you, you hold you the controller? Phone. Hold so your phone? Yeah, so there's a um, a phone app, and you connect your phone to your console or to the game, right? And then use your phone as like a motion controller. Mm-hmm. So it plays the same way as with like the Joy-Con or the Wiimote if you're playing it on Wii. Actually, Just Dance is a lot of fun. It'll kill you, though. We actually uh, play every once in a while on the Switch. Um we got really into it when we first got it because we got it last year at black Friday for like $15 and we were going to buy the, um, the booster pack and then we just never did. So we might do it again. It's fun. Winter is coming. So winter has arrived. Well, yeah, it snowed the other day, but it's been like 20 degrees. I, I have a very important announcement to make that just can't wait. My Xbox has been charged on my credit card. Pending pending approval. So they attempted to charge the card this morning. Oh, so you know what th- you know what that is? That's like a pre-authorization kind of thing. So essentially it's probably gonna fall off. Right? Like have- No, a pre-auth is a double charge, so you see it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one does fall off, right? Um, and they're probably just making sure that the, uh, card is still good and active. Yeah. The, well, that, that tracks with everything we've been reading. Yeah. So the card will be charged tomorrow. Fancy, fancy. That's good to know. That's very good to know. Yeah. Amazon still hasn't done said shit about mine. So let's, uh, do you want to jump back in the DeLorean or do you just want to like step into the future? 
Huh? Well, we took the DeLorean to get to 2014. I just wanted to know if you wanted to, to play the sound again. I want to know what <laughs> game from. Okay, so hypothetically speaking, you have both the Xbox One and the PS4. Mm-hmm. And without knowing what you know about any of these games, just based off of kind of like the fact that you know what the games are, right? No reviews, nothing like that. In 2020, the Xbox One is coming out and the PS4 is coming out. Which launch title are you buying? Am I buying more than one or I can only afford one? Okay, you spend all of your money on an Xbox One and a PS4. Because I'm stupid. Stupid you, yeah. But now you only have enough money for one game. This is a tough choice. I shouldn't be left alone in stores. Okay, so if I were to make the decision solely based on what I knew in 2014... I was already a fan of both the Dead Rising and the Forza franchises because I just uh, came hot off Forza Horizon 3, I want to say, or is that 2 from 360? Might have been Forza Horizon 3, 2. 2. And Forza Motorsport 4, which was the red one. So that was the first Forza game I played, and I thought it was really fun. And Jeremy Clarkson and the Top Gear guys were on it. So... If I was going Xbox and I can only afford one, no, no, no. I feel you were going Xbox. You had an. I, I, I know. I'm breaking. Uh, give, give me a second. Let me. Uh, let me get there because I'm looking at the exclusives. I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, we don't care about cross platform. Because then I would have just said, if I was only gonna get one game, I'd play something I can continually play. So Call of Duty, even though I didn't know that it was gonna be a shitty game, based off my track record, because I would pick that over Battlefield. So, if I were to spend my $70 on an Xbox game, it'd be very close between Dead Rising and Forza. I think I would give the edge to Forza, solely because pay a pay week is two weeks away. Dead Rising is going to be fun, but you can only play a hack and slash for so long. I guess you can only play a racing for so long as well, but the grind of racing games, like the, the motorsport series, are well worth it in my eyes. If I was going PlayStation... I think the logical thing would be... Actually, no, I've made my decision. I would buy Forza Motorsport 5 because the PS4 would already come with DC Universe Online and Warframe. Boom. (laughs) Boy, 2014 Sean wasn't this smart. No, I was actually waiting for you to realize that there was two free-to-play games on the PS4. And technically, if I bought Xbox Live, I would have got Killer Instinct for free anyways. Okay, there you have it, folks. So Forza Motorsport 5 is what Sean would purchase in 2020 if the Xbox One and the PS4 were launching this year. I like how you were setting me up, and I still, I was like, wait a second. And that hamster wheel was, that hamster was going hard on that wheel. In all honesty, like... The way we have the list, uh, DC Universe and Warframe are on the top and bottom. And when I wrote out the list today, I didn't, I didn't really put into consideration that I put DC Universe and Warframe on the top and bottom of the list because I didn't know what order I was going to read it. 
I just knew for sure I was going to clown on DC Universe because it was already out, I believe, since 2012. Like, I played that on a really shitty PC with my Bat Flash. Um, which you can, like, you can... DC Universe Online was a launch title for the fucking Nintendo Switch. Yeah, the game still comes is still the same game. Yeah, so, like, easy there, guys. But when I looked down, I was just like, well, Drive Club's not as good as Forza. Nobody even knows what Knack is. <laughs> so I would buy Killzone because Killzone on the PS2 or the PS3 had the really cool um, the motion trackers and the gun. So that would have been that. And then I was like, wait a second, I get two free games. So quickly, I mean, I thought we were going to have a bunch of time for this, but we don't really have a lot. David. Are you ready for pre-order, review, bargain bin, and hard pass? November styles with a Z. Yes, I am ready. Perfect. So (laughs) I've simplified the list because so many games that are coming out over the next five days are also coming out 15 days from now. So taking that into consideration, um, I, I just have this on the list because I'm curious if you've ever played it. I... Really enjoyed it as a game that came free on Game Pass. And I know that's not a criteria that we discuss in this, but Jurassic World Evolution, the complete edition, so you're actually getting more than what was available on Game Pass, came out on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I would I would bargain bin it, because I think I, I would pick up that cartridge. It's a fun little game, and I think that style of game would do really well on the Switch, because you can use the touchscreen. Now, can you use the touchscreen, though? I don't know. I'd hope so. Yeah. As I'm saying that, I realize I don't know. That's the only thing is that if I were to, I would get that based off of whether or not you could use the touchscreen. Okay. So maybe we wait for a review. Who knows? Yeah. Um, next up on the list, we've got a actually coming out on the sixth. We've got two racing games. We've got dirt five, which we know was going to be a console uh, it was supposed to be a, an Xbox console exclusive, but now it's just exclusive by two days unless you buy it on PS4 or Xbox One. So all consoles are getting Dirt 5 and all consoles are getting Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered. Hot Pursuit was a sweet game. Yes, that was like the 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 cornerstone Need for Speed, the one where you start the game in the Countach, right? Yeah. And the cops like it. We've got a Lamborghini Countach. And it's the cover was the yellow car. The Countach. I remember um, playing that on PC. This is going to be kind of surprising. But Dirt 5, I'm kind of hoping I see in a few weeks on a, a little bit of a discount. Because I think it'll be good. I really, truly do. So I, I uh, would... Yeah, I'll probably... You know, honestly, for... I would probably pick up Need for Speed, but after it's like discounted more. <laughs> I, I mean, like it would re- really just be getting that game based off nostalgia. And I know Dirt Five is going to be a game with gold or a PlayStation Plus game in like the next two years. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I want to apologize to you because I didn't buy Odyssey for the twenty dollars like I said I would. Now, this was technically my own fault because my credit card expired at the end of October. I forgot to change it, and then 
the next day I went to do it and I was like, fuck, I forget. It is what it is. Uh, I'm excited to see the reviews on how this one goes because I'm very interested in it. Mm-hmm. And you still haven't played um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. No. Um, but every time I do goes, like the look yeah, of this one. Every time it's gone on sale, I told you and you're like, oh, I should pick it up. And then you don't. Yeah. Well, you know what? Sorry. Uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Meh. Expansion. Meh. Yeah, that's a hard pass for me too. Uh, the Falconeer. That was one of the Xbox Series X launch titles that we were uh, coming to expect. Um, I'm very excited for the review on that one as well as Evergate, but I don't see myself jumping into uh, too many games out of this launch solely based on the fact that, again, like with, with Christmas coming and Cyberpunk being delayed and my copy of Watch Dogs arriving next week, I've got enough to play. And like, I'm this is like, true. So, like, those ones are reviewers for me, for sure. Yeah, like, maybe bargain binners for me. The The Falconeer did look very interesting, though. It, yes, it does. You want the next one? Um, <laughs> you know what? So, there's one that is coming out that's called Observer System Redux. Yeah. Um, Observer is a game that has been out for a few years. And... So it's just kind of like a remaster of it. It's coming out for Windows and Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming out on the Switch as well. Uh, maybe later in the... Uh, yeah. Um, but Observer came out in 2017. Um, and it's a cool kind of game with... You're like... I don't know. You're just like this detective guy trying to figure out... I don't know. It's like cybernetic human people things going wrong i don't know um i'm definitely gonna bargain bin that one if anything because i don't really like the game looked good enough as it was so i don't know why it needs a remaster that's the thing is like why are people remastering games that came out like two years ago Mm, that's true right Uh, i will tell you one game that i'm actually very excited for from this day and I'm not sure how it's going to play, so I really want to see a review before I purchase it. Is Planet Coaster the console edition? Um, if you've played Planet Coaster or Zoo Tycoon or um, Planet Zoo, like they're just the step above Roller Coaster Tycoon, like in simulation. Um, I'm interested to see how it works with the joystick, or if it has keyboard and mouse capabilities, because I think that would be very cool. I have Planet Coaster on PC. Um, I bought on Steam a little while ago because it was on sale. And it is a lot of fun. Um, the amount of control that you have over creating your parks is phenomenal. Um, so ultimately, it comes down to how it controls. You know, like these games are very, like these simulation games are very good on PC because you have like the full keyboard and mouse, but if they don't have keyboard and mouse controls on the Xbox for this game, um, the, the controller better work. Now zoo tycoon, you've played that, right? Yes. um, Great. And you can do everything with a controller just fine. It's awesome. So planet zoo would even be more OP. I think. Mm hmm. Um, the one thing that I will say about these kind of games, I guess they're 
well, they're simulations, but um, if you've ever played City Skylines on PC versus console, it's not that different. I mean, the ability to use a mouse and get exactly where you want versus like screwing around with a controller is kind of a thing. But Two Point Hospital would be another one like that. And I played Two Point on console before I played on PC, and I enjoyed it quite a bit on the console. So, like, there are games that you can play that way. Um, David's favorite game, essentially, not really. He used to play that Tetris Battle, the Tetris 100. Tetris 99. I still That's play what it, man. Is. Tetris Effect Connected is coming out to the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X. You don't have to review it because it's free. Is it? I believe so. I'd, I I'd be very upset if it wasn't because I'm pretty sure it's a free to play. No, no, man. Yeah. It's Tetris Effect came out on the PS4. It had like a VR mode and everything. Apparently, it was a great game. Isn't this game supposed to be free? No, it's just an updated version of Tetris Effect. Uh, The expansion will release as a free update for existing platforms in 2021. Yeah, you still have to own the the base game. Bullshit. I don't want it anymore because I thought it was free. Also coming out is Yakuza 7. David's other favorite game. You know what? I have owned every Yakuza game that I could get my hands on. And I've only played like three of them. No, that's a lie. I've beaten Yakuza 3, Yakuza 4. I started playing Yakuza 5. I'm halfway through Yakuza 0. Uh, then I got Yakuza 5 remastered, started playing that, stopped playing it on PS3, so I'm starting the game over again. I have Yakuza 6, but I want to beat 0, Kiwami, Kiwami 2, and 5 before I play 6. So it'll be a while before I play 7. But I'll probably buy it at launch, though, just to support the developers. That's fair. <laughs> Heading down to uh, the next big day on the uh, the old release list, we got probably the most delightful game out of both launches in Bug Snacks. I'm going to buy it for PC. I've already committed to doing so because it just looks so phenomenally goofy and whimsical. PC, uh, so it'll be PC Mac. Is that the one that uh, is coming out? It's a PlayStation Plus game. It's um, no bug snacks. Is that one where it's like, uh, the, why'd you delete it? I couldn't click on the wiki. Oh, <laughs> um, delete that. The bug snacks was the one where like his arm was like a popsicle. And then like there was a burger that was floating around and the pizza butterfly and all that stuff. Oh, it was the, yeah, the weird yeah. food Island. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, that one's definitely a launcher for me. I'm very excited that not ordering a PS five, I can still play it on release. So I've, I'm very, very excited for that title. Um, demons souls, not to be confused with demon souls, Demon's souls, man, same freaking game as before. Yeah. But now it's multiple demons. No, it's what are you talking about? That's how it's spelled. Yeah, I know. Um, we also have the path list coming out for PS4, PS5, iOS, and windows. Now that one's a kind of a me one for me. I would wait for, like, I would give it a chance in a bargain bin, but I don't think it's a hard pass either. I think there's enough to it. Um, and then everybody's favorite dancing sim, just dance 2021 is also coming out. Then there's these two crappy games called Sackboy: a big adventure and Spider-Man miles Morales. I think nobody cares about those games, right? 
No. Next. No, those are definitely... Um, if I was getting the PS5 on launch, they would be two titles that would probably be in my cart. I would, I would probably buy Sackboy just because I like those kind of platform adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, but TBH, I'd probably wait a bit for uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Because the, the only thing that Mi- makes Miles Morales worth it is you get all of Spider-Man 4 remastered if you buy the PS5 version. Mm, yeah, but you know the thing is is it's going to go on sale very quickly. Yeah, if it's like any other Spider-Man game, you'll have it for 19.99 in 3 months. Yep. All right, well, what what do we got next? Uh, <laughs> we got the game I already pre-ordered digitally. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which looks very good. Don't get me wrong, like I know it's a Call of Duty title, but Call of Duty has done a miraculous thing winning their fan base back by removing jetpacks. Pretty much Just, going back to their roots. That's that's all it took. Now, did you see the article today um, with the earnings over the first three quarters from Activision Blizzard for Call of Duty? No. In microtransactions? So their year is not done, and fiscally they have done $1 billion in microtransactions on this platform. That is nuts. That is $24 gun packs at a time. Like uh, we were playing last night and Devin was just like, oh, I was like, oh, this one's kind of cool. Is this this gun? He's like, yeah, I bought it. <laughs> I was like, dude, why? It's like, oh, I, had, I had 1600 coins or 15 bucks. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Cra- crazy. Um, Kingdom Hearts Melody of a Memory. Is that a that's a new title, right? I don't really know what this is. Uh, I didn't actually take the time to research that one. That's my bad. Um, I can't even access it. So um, I'm just going to say hard pass because I don't like the Kingdom Hearts games anyways. Halo, the Master Chief Collection for Series X. So otherwise, Guys, you're, you're, you'll be able to play it anyways. I think they're just getting it's getting an update, right? Have you re- you redeemed your digital code for it, right? For oh, yeah, the man. Xbox One? Yeah, man. So you already got it. Um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. So I feel like this one might be one you're diving on. Me? Yeah, you. Nah. Really? Meh. <laughs> I don't like I, I enjoy the Zelda games, but um I didn't really play very much into um breath of the wild i got to like the first big boss thing where you need you have to like surf outside of it to and shoot it with arrows and then i ran out of arrows and then i didn't know how to beat it mm-hmm. so i stopped playing the game uh this takes place in like the hyrule warriors universe so it's kind of like the what's it called uh, dynasty warriors that's what it is so it's like the big massive battles and you're like one person, you're just mowing down hundreds of enemies, but this is like a prequel to breath of the wild. So it'll be cool to uh, like, I'll probably eventually pick it up, um, but it'll be cool to see the story of how shit went down in the breath of the wild. Fair enough. Yeah. I still haven't played breath of the wild. Well, there you go. Now I don't feel so bad. I'm waiting for it to not be 50, but less, which will never happen. Yeah, never going to happen. One game that David and I actually became friends over is being released or re-released 
actually, we played the original one no. for Xbox One and PS4. Yeah, we played Beautiful Katamari, not Katamari Damacy Reroll. Katamari so Damacy was the original one that came out on PlayStation 2. And then there was Katamari Damacy 2 uh, for PS2. And then Beautiful Katamari came out on the Xbox 360, which was our jam. Yeah, that game was fun. Yo, I sold. Were you with me when I sold my copy? Uh, no. I got 80 bucks for that thing. Yeah, it's a hard game to find. Yeah, I realized that I made a mistake, but yeah. I got 80 bucks for it. Yeah. Uh, I have Catamaran de Macy reroll on Nintendo Switch, so I will be passing on that one. I was, I saw it for Nintendo Switch, and I was incredibly worried that my thumbs versus those little joysticks would not be very great in the last 30 seconds of that game. Yeah, but you can play it with like a pro controller. And actually, they have motion controls in the joysticks as well. So if you want to ruin your wrists as well, you could uh, just use the Joy-Cons as motion. Right? Like, Oh, true, true, true. Very true. I think that's it for the list because everything else was already on the top of the list. Yeah. That's so it. what are you guys buying? What are, like? I know what I've bought. I know you've kind of bought less than me for this month's releases. But, I mean, that is what it is, right? Like, we both bought Watch Dogs. Of, I got two copies of Watch Dogs Legion right here. Yeah, well, one of them's mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bought Pikmin 3, too. Right. Are you enjoying Pikmin 3? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, and people are complaining. People always complain that Nintendo is just re-releasing games that they released on older consoles and not doing anything. But, you know what? Shut up. I don't care what you guys think. No, it's, it's up, there's a man. whole generation of people that there's millions and billions of people that have never played these games on the Wii U because the Wii U sold like trash. So, you know what? Nintendo's just trying to get some of their investment back and it works. It's working for them. All right. So you ready for, I, I teased this at the beginning. Are you ready for my super secret question for you? Yes. All right. So. American friends, you guys don't have this luxury in Canada, but as you guys know, Halloween just passed and that means November 1st is discount candy day. Now, David, your mom gave you $5. Okay. Only five. You're allowed to go buy one box of candy. Okay. Now in Canada, guys, um, for those who don't live, I know most of our listener base is Canada, but just to be sure, we have the luxury of having boxes of chocolates that are combos where you guys get like the little bag of like Snickers and then that's it. So which one of these boxes is most superior? You're only allowed to buy one and they're all $5 because it's discounted. David. Do you buy the purple box, the red box or the black box? Now for listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, the red box is a combination of Smarties, not the, uh, like the chocolate Smarties, um, not the American version of the rocket. They don't. They don't have Smarties. No, they're, well, they're, they're Smarties, Smarties they're or rockets. rockets. Yeah, but yeah. they don't have like chocolate Smarties. Coffee Crisp, Arrow, or the Canadian version of Kit Kat, which I've also recently learned that um, every country makes their own Kit Kats. Did not know that. The 
purple box, which is the glorious Wonder Bar, a Mr. Big, a Crispy Crunch, and a Caramel Bar. Or the black box, which is the M&M's. Black box. The the M&M's peanuts, (laughs) Mars, Snickers, and Twix. You have five dollars, and you're saying the black box is the most superior. Yes, that that's the way I would have voted too. But here's just the problem. Here's the thing, though, the absolute most superior one, though, out of all of them, box. is the uh, no, 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 is the uh, whichever one comes with O Henry bars. Yeah, but that's not one of the main boxes. These I are like know. the three that you find at all the grocery stores. But. I would I would search for the one with O Henry bars. See, like it came down to it, and I was lo- like, we were talking about this at work, and like having like the purple box is really chewy, right? Like caramel is like it melts in your mouth, but it's also a little bit chewy. Crispy Crunch is like something that you're gonna eat now, and in an hour you'll still taste it. Mister Big is kind of like the softest one of them all. And a Wonder Bar, super, super gooey, right? Like, you've got to really work. The red one is just like, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Because Smarties don't taste nearly as good as M&M's. The red one is the old people candy. But Arrow Bar is one of the best chocolate bars, bar none. Well, it's just a chocolate bar with holes in it. Yes, but it's the way it's created. Arrow Arrow Bars are like the Swiss cheese of chocolate bars. You're like, hmm, I'm going to have this big block of cheese here. And then you don't realize that you bought a block of Swiss cheese and you're gypped because the cheese has holes in it. Not only that, I think the red box is the least one to like the least fun one to put your hand in because there's like sharp edges and like coffee crisps are hard. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> if you're if your candy box has sharp edges in it, it's probably got razor blades or something. And you but it's like, probably- OK, so it's like it's the Smarties boxes are like. Did you buy that box of candy from like the creepy guy down the street? Oh, that's why it was $5. <laughs> Trench coat Jim. Yeah. So we both agree that the black one, the M&Ms, the only thing I have to complain about the black one is every single time you buy it, there's like a few rogue M&M peanuts just in the box. And you're like, uh, what? And some of the packages of M&M peanuts come with like three. Oh, that's brutal. It's the worst. You're like, like when your parents were like, you can take one and you take, you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to get an M&M peanut today. And you get three and your sister's over there and she's like, ha, 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 I got 12 M&Ms. Little did she know she was adopted. Plus <laughs> Mars, Snickers and Twix. Easy, easy win. Easy win. This is true. So that that's where I kind of want to end it today. I feel really good about that. Um, coming up next week, we will have some really exciting stuff for you as long as the Xbox shows up. Yeah, it's Christmas in November. And then Christmas in December. And uh, you know what? Keep an eye on our Instagram next week because David and I are going to J&J's, buddy. We're going to be buying some more board games. Don't tell our girlfriends. Just did a bad thing. Anyway, uh, we've heard that some people like that segment, so we're going to keep doing bad things. Yeah, we're going to we're going to yeah. go out and purposely do bad things. 
<laughs> so I, did line of, I did a line of coke this this week. <laughs> <laughs> did some super bad things. Yeah, I'm but, addicted. <laughs> well, that is it for us. If you like what you're listening to, obviously subscribe. Tell all your friends. Come find us on Instagram because we're giving shit away, including Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, whenever it comes out. For myself and David, that is all for us. Take care, guys. Peace.